Welcome to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you can find links to our social media accounts. Led by Pastor Mike Deese, we meet every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Now presenting this week's message. Zinger for the week. When God builds a local church as the body of Christ, He adds members to the body and trains them to match the assignment that He has for that body. Now think about that. I mean, is that the normal, traditional American way of thinking about the way church functions? Not at all. When God builds a local church as the body of Christ, He adds members to the body and trains them to match the assignment that He has for that body. Well, that's loaded right there. But, but it's also very compelling. Alright, before we get into that, I need to let you know that I went to Grady, Alabama this week. Uh, Paul, is Paul here, Gene? Where's he? He's in the nursery. So Paul Magson, by the way, guys, so a few of you guys... The older ones are uh, whatever. Uh, you're going. You're going to enjoy the benefits of Paul Magnuson's diligent effort along with me, because three times he's gone down with me to get some stuff ready for our men's herd retreat. All right. And so not only them, but I got to give. I've got to give a shout out to Tammy and to Frank and to Rob and to Ed, uh, who've gone down and invested just a lot of hard work to get. Uh, and Barb, that's right, I forgot about you, Barb. How in the world could that happen? How could you ever forget about Barb? Okay. But was went down on uh, Sunday afternoon and was there through Tuesday night just working hard, getting stuff ready. And and, and uh, it was it, not fun at all. But anyway, but it was a lot of work and got it done. But I was there on our farm. So most of you here know that I'm a country boy. You know, you can take a boy out of the country, but you can't what? Can't y'all and y'all know that if you've been around me, grew up on the farm, a lot of hard work, uh, digging taters, picking peas, and we, but you dig taters by hand, uh, cutting okra. You know, do you know the, uh, how many know not to cut okra with a short sleeve shirt? How many know that? No, no, don't do that. It'll tear you up. So you know, just a lot of stuff. Now, so grew up down there. It was good, and I went to a, a little country, white frame country church. Friendship Baptist Church. Alright, so, and, uh, you know, it was a great place, you know, to grow up, but a little country church, and, um, we, they had no staff. So there was no staff at this church. Um, they had interim preachers. We had interim preachers. These guys that, that worked for the denomination that lived about, uh, 25 or 30 miles away at the, uh, state convention, the Baptist state convention there in Alabama, and then they would come down, and some of them would serve six months, some of them two years, maybe even three years, but they'd drive down every Sunday, and you know, they'd preach, and they'd meet, and they'd have some services and stuff like that. I mean, it, it was good, it was good. But we also had deacons, it was kind of known as the board of deacons, right? Alright, so one of the deacons uh, did the announcements, and another deacon uh, led the music, you know, you know, if, if they were singing Blessed Assurance, you'd get this. Any of y'all grow up with that? Okay, yeah, Blessed Assurance. 
You know, that kind of stuff. So, yay. All right. Um, and then one would say this offertory prayer. Now, bless his heart, he'd say the same offertory prayer every single Sunday. And uh, he did not like to pray in public, and he would kind of <laughs> shake a little bit. But he did it every Sunday. I was going, what is good? Why? I don't understand that. But uh, there was a lot of good stuff. I mean, it was doing life together. You know, that, uh, we did that. Um, and uh, But there were the best dinner on the grounds ever. And how many of y'all been to a dinner on the grounds? Okay, you know, it's what we call potluck here. Uh, but it was dinner on the grounds because you do it outside and they had these permanent tables that were out there with an awning over it. And uh, why? Because eating is important. Alright, and we'd have those dinner on the grounds and I'm telling you, I look forward to those dinner on the grounds and you always, always, your eyes were bigger than your stomach, right? Gosh, because there's so much good. These are those women that do that soul food, country cooking kind of stuff, and I grew up on that. Loved it, loved it. And I, but here's the: I got saved there. I came to know Jesus there. Uh, my journey there began, and also I preached my first sermon there. Most of you've heard that when I was 13 years old. It was a youth Sunday, and uh, I preached my first sermon on love. Thir uh, it was seven minutes long. Yeah, wow. Okay, so anyway, after that, I went off to college and uh, thought I was going to be a veterinarian and, and was two and a half years in pre-veterinary pre medicine, doing all that, you know, animal science and junk, you know, uh, but, uh, you know, and so I learned how to deal with animals. For some of you, that's very, very good. No, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Uh, so I was doing that, but then I felt God's call, you know, I was just struggling, felt God's call on me. You know, as far as going into full-time vocational ministry. And I didn't understand all that was a part of that. And I didn't know what that fully meant. And I, and I, and I obviously didn't, you know, fully understand how the church was to function. Uh, but I did know this. There had to be more to church than Sunday go to meetings. What we used to call them. You ever heard anybody call it that? Sunday go to meetings. And, uh, people just trying to do right by God. You know, just, 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 you know, I knew that there was something more. And here's the reality. Once you come to know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, His Spirit, the same Spirit that was in Jesus, is in you. And so there's going to be, you know, you may just do your thing. You may do your thing, but there's still going to be that yearning, that, that gnawing to, to encounter and to experience all that God truly is. And so it's throughout time that I began to realize through God's Word that the church is a living, breathing organism. It's organic. It's not an institution which many people reject. And sometimes we are, we are the ones to blame for causing it to appear that way because we function as an institution rather than as the body, a living, breathing body of which God is the author and that Jesus Christ is the head. Jesus is the head. He's the leader of the church. And then that brings back this next statement. It's on your outline here. When a church allows God's presence and activity to be expressed, a watching world will be drawn to Him. See, when God's doing what He plans to do, when God does what's on His heart, lives are transformed. 
We don't yawn our way through it. We don't go, I can take it or leave it. Maybe, maybe not. No. A watching world will be drawn to Him. Not to church. Be drawn to Him. Now, it may involve being a part of His local body and what He's doing in that body, which is pretty awesome. So what does God want us to know when it comes to this? What does God want us to know? Let's talk about that uh, this morning. Number one, God is the one who builds the church. All right, you agree with that? Uh, God is the one that, that builds the church. You know, it's not a board of deacons. You know, it's not a plan that comes out of, you know, uh, an agency or a denomination. It's God that builds the church. This has been His design from the very beginning. But sometimes what we do is we fall back on reliance to methods and programs and things of this nature. But God says, hey, y'all, I will build my church. Jesus even said that. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Think about, think about the hell that is experienced in many families and many lives. Why? Because... We're trying to build our own lives. We're trying to do it like the world. Paul says don't conform to the world. Be transformed by by what? The renewing of your mind. Think differently. Think God think rather than world think. God is the one who builds the church and we sit there and we kind of, we marinate in that. God, build the church. How many times have I kind of felt the the burden on my own shoulders, or maybe you know some of you said, well, "What do we got to do to build and grow our church?" God is the one who builds and grows the church. First Corinthians, Paul says, "But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body. In fact, God has placed the parts in the body, each one of them, just as He wanted them to be." So, if 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 the church is a body. Then, then we are the parts, we make up the parts of the church body, of the local church body. And this right here tells us that God has placed the parts in the body, in the local body. Just as He wanted them to be. And you could go, well, I know that, Mike. I, you know, I never wanted to join this church, but I just knew God called me here. Because He placed me here. Any of y'all feel like that? Don't raise your hand. I'm kidding. Uh, no, it's, it's His placement. You may, you may not understand, like, how in the world did this happen? But God is an awesome God. He hits many a lick with a crooked stick. You know, we can't figure Him out because His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So what that is saying is that God brought you. God, God placed you here. And he, and, he, and he wants that to resonate. He placed you here. That means that you are God's gift. You. You are God's gift to this local body. What? Now some of you may think that we got the booby prize when we got you. But, uh, no? No, y'all don't? Right. Not at all. Not at all. Every single one of us have the capacity the capacity to be all and do all that God intends for this time and for His purpose. So God adds to the church. He places it in the local body. He builds His church. And as a result of that, 
That helps us to understand, you know, what we've been going through and what we've been encountering as we've been in this study, just marinating for experiencing God that, wait a minute, you know, it's not a top down type of mentality. It's not like, well, if we just get, you know, good leaders up here and they'll tell us what to do and we'll just do it. No, 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 no. We're all part of the body and we speak to one another. And so that's the reason, that's the reason that we've been asking these questions. You know, what has God placed on your heart? What is it that you're passionate about? And we're still going through these shapes. You know, it's a process, but you know, what are you passionate about? And you go, well, it, you know, it's not about going to Turkey or Uganda or, you know, blah, blah, blah. So it must not be important. No, no, no. Because you see, God is at work in you. God is at work in me. And when we function as a body, we need to, to hear from one another. What are you passionate about? I love the example that uh, Richard Blackaby gives and as he's talking about this. He goes, you know, there, there was one guy in a church that, where they were pastoring and, and, and went, you know, visit, visit, them, visit them. And they asked that question, you know, what's God put on your heart? What are you passionate about? And he goes, barefoot water skiing. And he goes, okay. I mean, anything else maybe? No, bear, I am just upset. I'm just love. I mean, I'm just, I'm all over barefoot water skiing. And so, if, you know, if God builds a church and, and you know, and, and we as a body all contribute, then, you know, it's like, okay, Lord, I don't know. Let's just pray about that. Now, not everything that is suggested, you know, in every situation is like, well, okay, we're going to become a barefoot water skiing church. You know, that's, that's, that's not, but what happens is God can take something like that and his spirit energize that. And you recognize, well, that's kind of what he's doing. That's part of his plan in order to build his church. Well, what had happened previously to that is that God had put it on that church's heart to, to have a summer, summer camp for kids. And it was at a, at a big, a, a big lake and an encampment that had a huge lake. And so, the guy just called up one day. The uh, Blackaby called back and he said, "Well, hey, you, would you like to do a demonstration? You know, you know, maybe at, you know when the kids are there at camp." And 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 he goes, "Absolutely, that's the lake that I go to to do to do all my barefoot water skiing." And so they had him come, and he did a demonstration. The kids went crazy; they loved it. And then it evolved into, uh, "Hey." Can I, can I help train some of these kids? Now, today you go, oh, no, no, that'd be, you know, it's dangerous. Well, they did. And, uh, and so he was teaching kids how to barefoot water ski. Now, on that Monday after that camp, the church office was flooded with phone calls with parents trying, to, I mean, in the community that weren't a part of any church saying, hey, we want to sign up for next summer's camp. And tons of kids got saved and their families came to know Jesus. Why? Because this guy was willing to offer up barefoot water skiing. It may seem stupid to you what you are passionate about or what's on your heart, but don't fall prey to the lie to Satan that that's not worthwhile. Don't bring it up. Doug, you'll like this. There was one guy that, that, that loved Cadillacs. He retired. He'd always won one, so he bought him a brand new Cadillac. He kind of started feeling a little bit guilty about having this Cadillac, you know, and he just drove it all around through town. You know, he's just 
mm, cruising, you know, through cruising through town. And, he, and he's going, you know, Lord, what do you want me to offer, you know, to you? And he goes, I love my Cadillac. He's going, okay. So he calls up the church office. He says, okay, here's the deal. If anybody needs a ride or anything like that, you know, I just love cruising. I love people. I love yak-yakking. And so I'll just take, you know, if somebody needs to go to the doctor or somebody needs to be picked up or the kid, you know. And so all of a sudden, They've got a limousine service here at the church and it's just ministering to people and mamas are happy and some of these folks get into the doctor and all that kind of stuff. What do you have? What are you passionate about? And I hope that that is flowing up through the discussions. As a matter of fact, on your Connect card today, and if you hadn't put that down, then just, just write it out. So we can pray about it and see what's going on. There was one lady that, that, that they talked about that she had a, she, she just prayed, you know, what is it that God, God wants your best? You don't, we don't ever give God second best, right? Jesus gave us his best. We give him our best, right? Right? Uh, uh, right? We, we were, we were singing about this, you know, you're the Prince of Peace and I will live my life for you, not add you into my agenda. I'll li- hey, Lord, what is it you want to do in my life? This one little precious lady said in the church, she's going, what do I treasure most? I'll just, what do I treasure And then she realized it's her cat. So she called up the church office and said, hey, listen, I would like to offer up my cat. And they go, what do we do with a cat? Do we take this seriously? Do we really take this seriously? And they go, well, you know, I mean, God works, you know, in mysterious ways, you know. And uh, so they just put out, they put out a call to the congregation that says, any pet lovers, would you meet on Sunday night and, and let's just talk and pray about this. And they said like 40 or 50 people showed up with all kind of different pets. And, you know, and they were praying about it. God, what are you doing? Da, 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 this kind of stuff. And one day when a guy rode by, you know, he's going to work and he rode by an orphanage and he goes, and he saw the kids out playing. He goes, you know, I bet you none of those kids had a pet. And he called up the orphanage. He said, would you let us bring some pets over you know, when the kids are playing and let them play with them? And they said, we would love that. And then it extended not only to the orphanage, but then to, I mean, they had all kinds of, you know, they had snakes, they had this kind of stuff. And that, even to hospitals. And I don't know what kind of critters these things were, but they were going, it became the biggest outreach program in that church. Because one dear little lady said, I want to offer up what I treasure most, my cat. To be used for God's, the advancement of God's kingdom. Wow. Wow. Next slide. Every member has been placed in the church according to God's plan to accomplish His purpose for that place and time. You're not here by accident. Every member has been placed in the church according to God's plan to accomplish His purpose for that place in time. And then, you know, this right here is, is just a reminder that, hey, you are not here. You are not here just to attend on Sundays or to support our programs or, you know, to fill positions for the activities that we have. You're here for kingdom purposes. God builds His church. And this is just a zinger too. Uh, God has a specific assignment for each and every church. You know, it's not like, hey, we just want to meet. No, God's got a plan. He's got a purpose for the local body of Christ right here. God builds His church. What else does God want you to know? Um, 
God makes his, the body interconnected. God makes the body interconnected. In the body, its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. That's talking about an interconnection that goes beyond just, hey, y'all, see you next Sunday. That's an interconnection. You know, we use the phrase and we, you know, we kind of, you talk about, oh, I like that phrase, doing life together. Well, listen, that wasn't our idea. That's God's idea from the very beginning of time, doing life together. Not just check in, you know, and then check out. Doing life together. Definitely, um, the body, here's the deal the body doesn't hurt in isolation. The body doesn't hurt in isolation. A few weeks back, uh, Felicia was having her uh, Wednesday study, and, and on Tuesday, I think it was Wednesday morning. I think was that that yeah, it was early Wednesday morning. And uh, on Saturdays, we we set up a bunch of TV. We set up several TVs when we're watching football. It's not just the one in the den. We got another one, bring big screen down there, and we're watching multiple games. You know, overstimulation, and you wonder why I am the way I am. So we. Uh, we had the TVs, and so it was still there, and I'm going, well, this doesn't need to be there when the ladies come. So I grabbed the TV, and I'm, I'm going to take it downstairs where it goes. And so I'm going down my stairs, and I don't know why I'm doing this, but maybe because the cord, I, I don't know, but I was going backwards. Well, I got down to, you know, almost to the middle landing, and, well, I wasn't there. And so I fell. I fell. I fell on a, sh- a shoulder, and then uh, the TV kind of fell on me, uh, Thank God for flat screens. Uh, so um, it fell on me, and and then I just planked all the way down to the to the basement, planked all on my back, all the way down, and I got down there and I went, whoa, Nelly. And I was going, okay, you know. So I just sat there, and and so, you know, my my mind was going, you're stupid. You know, my head was going, you're stupid. And my back was going, I hurt. You know, and, but I, you know, my, I, my body at that particular moment, and I woke everybody in the house up, by the way. Uh, uh, everybody came, what are you doing? And they thought, you know, thought the roof had fallen in. But it, so, hey, thank, thank you, Jesus. I didn't break anything or anything like that. But uh, the, the, the deal is, is that my body, didn't, you know, I don't suffer in isolation. Everything about my body responded to that hurt. And God wants us to understand that, that we as a body, we don't hurt, we don't suffer in isolation. You know, there's hurt and there's pain all around us. But, you know, so many times, you know, people are, you know, we're either proud or we just don't want to be a burden. I can't tell you how many times it's like, you know, you know, people go, oh, I don't want to be a burden. I don't want to be a burden. But see, when God connects us, we become sensitive to one another. And here's the deal that what God wants. Ask him, ask him, you know, if you're aware of a hurt or a need in somebody, you know, within the body, respond. Or if you're not, just say, God, you know, prompt me, you know, because here's what he'll do. He'll just, I can't tell you how many times, and it's happened for so many of you, that via conversation, God puts somebody on your heart, and you reach out to them, and there's a need or there's a hurt that God wants to feel through you. And it comes as a result of being interconnected. And then as a result of that, there's this intimacy and this fellowship that grows. God makes the body interconnected 
Here's the statement here. Sums it up. A church needs all the members God has given the body. It's like you're not, you know, you're not like uh, just like oh, unnecessary. No, God's got a purpose for bringing you, for you, and for His kingdom. Every person is here because God knows what is needed to effectively do what He's called us to do. God builds a church, and God makes us interconnected. Interconnected. Are you good with that? You believe that? Then what does God want us to do? Let's look at three things. Here's just the outflow of that. Devote myself to the body. Devote yourself to the body. Devote yourself to the body. Look at this. Be devoted to one another with authentic brotherly affection as members of one family. Give preference to one another in honor. Even Siri. I asked Siri, what's the definition of devoted? To give all or large part of one's time or resources to. What? Well, the Scripture says, be devoted to one another. It's like, well, I kind of like you, but you know, I don't want to know if I want to give my resources to you or even my time to you. I don't even like hanging out with you. Let me give you an example. I am devoted to my body. You are devoted to your body. I am devoted to my body. I don't think about it all the time, but I am habitually devoted to it. When my body's tired, I rest it. When it's lazy, I work it. When it's dirty, I clean it. Uh, when it's uh, disheveled, I groom it. Some of you would question my choices of grooming. But get over it. I exercise my body. I feed my body. I subject my body to doctors and dentists. I am devoted to my body. And you're devoted to your body. And God says, let's be devoted to one another. And it involves all that. It, it, it involves all that. See, there, there, there are some that, that need rest and there are others of us that can come along and undergird. There's some of you who are hungry and that, and that God says, hey, come and invest and disciple and feed. There, 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 are, there are some that are just, you feel dirty and God's truth will bring cleansing and freedom. And it, can, it, it not only works itself in the spiritual aspect, but it works itself out in the practical aspect as we devote ourselves to one another. It's not like, okay, I'll put up with you. No, be devoted to one another. Devote yourself. So it's not like, okay, I'll just hang it. No, be devoted to one another. You can, next slide. When one member is missing or not functioning as God designed, the rest of the body will miss the fullness of, li of life God provides for the church. That's the reason it's important for you to be devoted to the body, not devoted to, to just showing up on Sunday. Be devoted to one another. Be devoted to the body. What does, he, what does He want us to do? Be devoted. Here's a question I need to ask myself. Am, am I connected in such a way that I can feel the pain of others? That's kind of a litmus test. Am I connected in such a way that I can feel the pain of others? Are you just so kind of disconnected that you're going, I don't even know what in the world's going on. 
That's the reason we have things called Sunday school, Bible studies, come together like this, other meetings, fellowship times. And there's even going to be more, more times that, that's going to come to where we will have an opportunity to do life together and to get the feedback. Am I connected in such a way that I can feel the pain? I can't tell you how many of you have reached out when somebody was suffering because you were connected to them. It happens all the time. All the time. Number two, identify the assignments God has prepared. What does God want you to do? Identify the assignments. You go, Mike, that's your job to identify the assignments that God has for Crossman. No, it's not. That's who? Wait a minute. Who's the head of the church? Jesus is the head of the church. Well, that's His job. And He may choose to reveal it to you by offering your cat or barefoot water skiing or whatever it is. Identify the assignments that God has prepared. Now to each one, 1 Corinthians Paul says, now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. The Spirit of God in you, there may be some small voice that the Spirit speaks to you that He wants you to just speak it. And you're sitting there going, well, this is stupid. This is not, this is, no, 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 no. No, this, this is unleashing the purpose and the advancement of the kingdom of God. Wow. You, you will be a part of helping to identify the assignments that God has prepared for this church at this time and this place. So here's the question. Here it is. The question. Oh, well, there's a statement. I understand. Okay, yeah, let me go back to that. Yeah. Because here, this summarizes what I was saying. I understand the will of God for my church when I listen to the whole body express what they are experiencing in the life of the body. I want to hear what's going on. That, and that's one of the reasons that we get together. I get together with the people that are facilitating your groups is to say, what's going on? And matter of fact, I would like to hear from you more often. If you, if you get a zinger, call me. You go, well, no, I don't want a bird mic. No, call me. Here's a question when it comes to identifying the assignments. Why did God add me to this body? Ask yourself that. Ask God that. Say, Jesus, why did you add me to this body? Why did you add me to this body? Hang out there. Soak in that for a while. Because what He wants us to do is He wants us to be devoted and to, to, to the body and to one another. And He wants us to identify the assignments that He's given. He's got a plan. He's got a purpose. He's working in the world, right? God, where are you working and how can we join you? Number three, what does God want me to do? Um... Experience God by taking risk. Experience God by taking risk. What do I mean by that? Well, several weeks ago, we were just all over this. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. It takes, it, take, it takes faith to please God. It is a demonstration of our trust and reliance on Him and not on ourselves. It means it's a selflessness. 
It means that we're not so preoccupied with how it's going to look whenever I share what's on my heart that we're willing to, to share it. Because it's not about me, is it? And it's not about you. It's all for Him. And I will live my life for you. That's what we were seeing. And that, that means taking risk. You know, God told, God told Joshua, He said, alright, y'all been a bunch of renegades for about 40 years. Now it's time for you to cross the Jordan. It's time for you to cross the river. And, you know, they hadn't seen God really, you know, move a whole lot because they were, you know, just living, doing their own thing and so, uh, and, and experiencing the consequences and, and they were just pouring out them, themselves before God and, and, and God said, all right, okay, I'm going to take you on into the promised land. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to get the priest. I want you to go out into the, I want you to step out into the river and it's at flood stage. I want you to step on out into the river and then you'll be able to, everybody will be able to cross it. And they were looking at the, you know, they were looking at it, and they were going. Uh, the circumstances had changed. It's not. It's not exactly like at a place where we. It's at flood stage. God, things haven't changed. It's not the right season. He goes, No, I'm ready for you. Ready, go. And so Joshua goes, All right, guys, y'all grab the ark. Y'all get on out there into the river. And they were going, well, whenever the river gets down and low enough, we'll go. Whenever the conditions are right, we'll go. And nope, that's not the way God works. He said, and He says specifically in Joshua chapter 3, when they step into the water, the waters will stop. Doing always precedes the knowing experiencing what risk is God asking you to take what risk is God asking you to take that's the question right here on the screen what risk is God asking you to take and maybe it's you've been kind of holding back and you're just like you know, I don't know. I don't know if I need to say this. I don't know. No, no, no. Take a risk. Take a risk. Maybe there's something he's put on your heart and you've just been unwilling to do because nothing has seemed to change. It's just not there. You don't see a way it's going to happen. But oftentimes, here's the way it works it's whenever you step out in faith, it's when you step out in faith that God shows up and does his miraculous thing and then the watching world is drawn to it. When a church, it goes by here, when a church allows God's presence and activity to be expressed, a watching world will be drawn to Him. What does He want you to do? Devote yourself to the body. Identify the assignments that He's prepared for you, and that may become an assignment for this whole church. Throughout our history as a church, we've, we know that God has, has had us to be a safe place for the disoriented or for the hurting. We know that. It's been a hospital for those that are, that are, that are just hurting and just discouraged by the whole religious thing. And people can get healing and hope and identity and know who they are and understand God's grace. 
God has revealed to us and made clear during this the past year. You are not to outsource, body. Not here. Not now. You're not to outsource mercy. You're not to do it. So for the homeless and for the poor and for the judged and for the disenfranchised, you join me in what I'm doing. Matter of fact, if you look in Luke chapter 4, you'll see even Jesus in His first sharing. He says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. For He's anointed me to what? And He talked about the poor and the captive to reach out. We've talked about welcoming warriors home. We've talked about how God has brought all of these younger couples that are looking for how to do relationship. You know, people want to get married and all that kind of stuff. And they, But there's... It's so conformed to the way of the world. What's God calling you to do? What's God calling me to do? What risks does God want you to take? Let's let a watching world be drawn to Him. Let's pray. Father God, we thank You so much for this opportunity as we come before You. And right now, I just want us not to to just check out, but to to just sit before You, precious Lord. First, we want to acknowledge that You love us and that You created us for a relationship. And if there's anybody right here, right now, that doesn't know You personally, that maybe just knows about You or knows church, but they don't know You, and that you're drawing them to yourself, I pray that today that they would just, by faith, experience the grace, turn from self-reliance and turn to you and receive you as their personal Lord and Savior. If that's you today, if you, if, if you know that apart from Him, you can do nothing, if you know that you're a sinner and that you're lost, and you're trying to find your way and, and there's an emptiness and there's a void in your life, if, if you believe what God has to say about the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus, and you feel His compelling of your life in your heart, then just make that your prayer. Say, Jesus, I want to declare and acknowledge that your Savior. And You came to save me. I want to confess and acknowledge that I'm a sinner and I want to ask that You come into my life and forgive me and cleanse me and give me purpose and meaning that I may know You. For others of you today, maybe there's been a long drought, much like the Israelites in where you just kind of feel like you've been circling and circling and circling in the desert. And yet God's saying today's the day to cross over. Today's the day. Step out. Step in. By faith. And experience the wonderful promises of God. I want to invite each and every one of you just to 
So spend those moments with the Father right now. But also, there may be some of you today that you're struggling, you're just you're wrestling with this. Maybe there's something that God's put on your heart to pray for. We're going to invite you, if you'd like, to just come come to the front and to pray. Some of you want to come and declare, I know that God has added me to this body. And I, 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 you know, I've been hanging out, but you know, I want, I want to declare that today to become that God has led me to this body. For others, if you, it, it may be just a, a time of coming saying, and praying diligently, Lord, why did you add me to this church? Would you, would Jesus, through your Spirit, would you reveal that to me? He said, you have not because you asked not. Whatever it may be, step out in faith, declaring your dependence on Him for His glory and for His kingdom purposes. We make it a prayer in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you'll find links to our social media accounts. We gather every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Tune in next week.